On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, it is P.J. Tucker time. This is what they brought him in for. The playoffs are underway. What will the veteran forward do in the postseason to help the Sixers move past that elusive second round? We'll get into it next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. The championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit ebaymotors.com let's ride eligible items only exclusions do apply welcome you are locked on 76ers i'm divine Givens from 97.5 the fanatic radio in philadelphia alongside my co-host and partners always from the inquire.com sixers beat writer keith pompey keith what's happening what's popping b you good i'm good man again antsy getting ready waiting waiting it's thursday can we get here already I know. Preach, man. I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. Can we get here? Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here on YouTube at Locked On 76ers. At least the weather is beautiful as we inch closer to the start of the postseason for the Sixers game one between the Nets and Sixers on Saturday afternoon, one o'clock at the center to tip off the playoff schedule. And with that, as we discuss it all, we got to get into a little bit later the bench unit and how important the depth will be on both sides for the two teams. We'll talk about some other things with the squads in this playoff matchup here, but we got to begin with PJ Tucker and the importance of Tucker, a championship player with the Milwaukee Bucks winning the title in 2021, uh, defeating the Phoenix Suns in six, then going to Miami, advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals a season ago where they knocked off the 76ers in the second round. Joel Embiid, after losing that series, highlighted how they needed a player like P.J. Tucker to come in here for his toughness. Doc Rivers talked about it on uh, Tuesday. Keith, when he spoke about it, his toughness, the same for Tobias Harris, that mental toughness, not just the physical toughness, uh, adding to a group that, again, has had problems in five of the, uh, pardon me, four of the five playoff appearances so far that they haven't been able to get past that second round. And that's been a big issue for the Sixers and certainly Sixer fans. In this case here, we're about to see what his real true value is. We've seen him throughout the regular season where he's averaged, you know, low numbers in terms of scoring, shooting the ball at a, at a decent clip from behind the three-point line, but still drawing the ire of a lot of Sixer fans when they watch him. Well, this is what you really Again, bring him in here for he had some big shots in that win over who was that the Boston Celtics game that he hit those threes, hit those big shots mm-hmm. against the Boston Celtics, those three three pointers in the fourth quarter to finish with 11 points on the night, beating the Celtics in that final game here in Philadelphia on that Tuesday. And man, listen, this is exactly what they brought him in here for. Will we get to see? And I said this yesterday, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a moment that Doc Rivers pulls pj tucker because 
not because he's not playing well enough, but because the other guy might have a hot hand and he's playing well also. And we'll get to the bench depth later on. But will we get to see the P.J. Tucker, Keith, that they brought him in here to be? I mean, it's a tough question to ask. I mean, that uh, to answer, you know what I mean? Just because we don't really know. I mean, this is the first one. Now, this is things you would think are trending towards that way because if you look at his play as of late, you know, he has been playing better. And, you know, you look at his scoring average overall, 3.5 points, which is the second lowest scoring average of his career, his rookie season. His rookie season, he averaged 1.8 points, and he played in, excuse me, 17 games with no starts. This season, he averaged 3.5 with 75 games, all starts. But when you look at it from the three-point percentage, like you said, he's shooting well. His He's shooting 39.3%, which is the second highest of his career. He's also shooting a career best 82.6% from the foul line. You know, so, you know, he's doing certain things. Now, the, the one thing is when you look at him, it's going to be more of a, a half-court game the, the further they go, the deeper they go in the playoffs. And you're going to need a guy that's going to do the dirty work. So the hope and what the expectation is that he can do that. But again, D, you know, I'll be lying if I say, like, I know that he can do it because this is his first year here. You know what I mean? So, but I will tell you this. Yesterday at practice, he spoke and he talked about how you get locked in and how you can pay more attention to detail. You study things. Um you know, he looked like the type of guy that, you know, a guy who knows that they they got a they, they're in med school and, and, and they're about to take their their final exam. You know what I mean? To become a doctor. And he's focused and he, he looks that way. He looks the part like he's ready to take this first test, which is going to be Sunday. So, you know, but again, he has to get out there and he has to show it. Well, one thing we know is, as you laid out those numbers, that his impact is not felt by the numbers. It's, it's felt by what he does on the floor defensively, uh, being screen setter on offense, and the occasional three-pointer that he knocks down to help the team potentially pick up a W while he's out there on the floor. He's always going to give the effort. We know that. And he is a very, very valuable piece. And when you have a star player like James Harden, who really trusts uh, the type of player that he is, one of them here. And we know the MB part, but we also know that a big part of that was also the James Harden piece of it because of their relationship. You have to, you, you know that there are players like that, again, who has been a superstar in this league, a franchise player, and will go down as one of the best of all time uh, for what he has done in this league. To have that type of trust from a player like that the guy still has it a little bit there to help this team out. So uh, this is going to be interesting to start off because they are going to have some interchangeable wings like we talked about on, on Wednesday's podcast where Brooklyn has those interchangeable pieces out there where they can just switch from one through four, basically, of the type of guys that they have. And if P.J. Tucker gets caught on Spencer Dinwiddie, and while Spencer didn't, he may not be James Harden or Chris Paul or the mellow ball, any of these types of uh, players that they, they have at the point guard position that can just do the things that they do to create separation as, as, as fantastic as they are, Spencer Dinwiddie can create space and Spencer Dinwiddie can get to the basket. 
you know, he he's going to be one his, where his impact is going to be felt. I'm very curious to see how they run through their switches on defense with Tucker, with the communication there of how they're going to do things if a, a screen is being set and he has to now slide off to that to that man. Let's say it is Dinwiddie or Bridges in that case, and and go to work from there. So his impact is going to be felt, I think. But I'm very curious to see how it goes, especially again if someone else is in the game and is having a hot hand on the offensive end. But, you know, my, my question to you is when you look at that, I mean, and, you know, you talked about it a little bit, but, I mean, we're saying interesting, but this might be a – do you think this is a bad matchup for them? Because, mm-hmm. you know, we got – they like they have a center and, and essentially four wings, you know, Spencer Denwilly, Cam Johnson, um, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, um, who's a forward, but kind of like a wing. Um, and, and then they have Mikael Bridges. I mean, do you think, like, okay, I can see him guarding Finney Smith because he's not really, you know, that type of guy that's going to raise up and hit threes and take you off the dribble. But do you think PJ can guard Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Spencer Dinwiddie? Um, I say he tries to get physical with them and tries to beat them to their spots and anticipate certain things where he may not, where he may lack in the foot speed, he'll make up for it in the instincts that he's played the game can he guard him, for D? so long. That's what I'll can he guard say. Him? Uh, yeah, I say he can guard him. Yeah. But to, but to what ending can he guard him? Yeah. Can you, is, is he going to make them work hard enough where it's going to be a bad possession at the end for the, for their offense? He can do that. Yeah, he can do that sometimes, of course. But I also think that they'll get they'll get him sometimes too, because that's just that's just the game. But that's why it's interesting. And what about what about if uh hey, you you defend Claxton Tucker and have Embiid on uh let's say Finney Smith for the, for that matter, but you gotta be careful with that because of the perimeter play where Finney Smith is out there on the perimeter a lot where you still want to have him be, be able to protect the paint and not allow too many points in the paint from them. So that's that's why I say it's going to be interesting because there's so many things, so many dynamics that go go into it when it comes to the, the conversation of him defensively. And then on the offensive end, will he make shots? You know, how, how are they going to respect him as an outside shooter when he finds himself in the corner? And are they recovering or are they already there? Because you know the double teams are going to be there for him. Be Harden will find Tucker also. Is he going to be able to knock down those shots? I'm with you. All right. I don't know if you're with me because you just asked me if he can guard him. And that, you know. No, I'm with you. I just want to know. I mean, because I just want to know. Because that to me. Like, I mean, that's his value. His, that, his that, That's his value. I get it. I get it. That's his value. But, you know, I look at it. Let's just say um, – you know, I, I just look at him like the, his best games defending people were against bigger bodies, like Kevin Durant. He did a really good job. Well, Kevin Johnson Kevin. is six eight, six nine, so still a pretty big body. Yeah, yeah, but so yeah, okay, but you you know what I'm well, saying? And then I like do. Chris, and then Przingis, seven three, right? He locked and in him this up. case again, uh, you, know, you know, in this case again, Claxton won't be on the perimeter much except for when he's setting screens. So do you see it where because Doc and, and Dan Burke can get a little freaky with it a bit and put maybe Tucker on Claxton sometimes and have him be 
playoff, but that's a little dangerous too because now you're going to have Embiid around the perimeter with the other four players instead of protecting the paint. Exactly, and 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 the scary part is you like you the, the scary part is it's like where do you want to put them at? Because you look at James and Maxie, no offense, but if, if I'm the, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, I'm trying to attack, tack, tack, tack. You know what I mean? It's like, there were two guys that I'm trying to switch on to and go to work, you know, raise yeah. up three. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, as I said yesterday on our, on our, on our conversation, with our conversation and it's no, it was no knock up against PJ Tucker. It's just that we've seen, if George Niang gets hot, Jalen McDaniels will get to him in just a little bit where they have leaned more towards keeping one of those players on the floor because the offense is flowing a little bit better where the defense is playing out the way that it's playing out. It's fine, but the offense is, is there with the other guys where there may be a point in the game where he looks at that and says, I need the offense right here. We know offense, defensive substitutions. We know that stuff. But if George Niang hits three threes in, in, in the in the later part of the first quarter into the second, where he's like, hey, he's got the hot hand tonight. I'm calling his number. That's just basketball. And we've seen Doc Rivers do that with this team. So that's why it's going to be fun to watch all of this stuff play out, watch the, the, the chess matches between Jock Vaughn and his staff versus Doc Rivers and his staff to see how it goes. P.J. Tucker, big, big part. This is why they brought him in for the postseason. When we come back, we'll get into the bench. We talked about Niang. We'll get into Jalen McDaniels, DeAnthony Melton, and others, and look at what they are versus what the Brooklyn Nets have coming off of their bench for Jack Vaughn. We'll do that next right here on Locked On 76ers. But as I told you at the top, this program here today is sponsored by eBay Motors and for a championship team, folks, right? It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. We just talked about P.J. Tucker, and we're about to get into the reserves and what they can bring. So it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right for it to operate the way you need it to. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage. And look for the green, not my garage, your garage. And look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back. You are locked on 76ers. Perfect fit. Keith Pompey, Devon Givens here with you. Uh, For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. All right, Keith, uh, you know the rotation. At least we think we know the rotation for Doc Rivers' team going into this one, where we're probably looking at Melton, McDaniels, Niang, a little bit of Reed. Maybe they'll dip into the dip the toes in the water for Shake Milton and Daniel House and see where things go from there if Doc Rivers wants to go a little deeper into their bench. But maybe Sixer fans don't know much about the Brooklyn Nets bench. We just laid out their starting five. So their reserves. Here are their reserves that I can think of off the top of my head. 
Seth Curry, Joe House, Joe Harris. You have uh, Royce O'Neal, uh, Yuta Wontanabe, and then Dayron Sharp, maybe a little Patty Mills off the bench. When you look at their bench versus the Sixers reserves, how do you feel where the edge leans more towards Nets or Sixers? You know, it's weird because they got a completely different bench. Like they got dudes that just come in and just shooting threes for the most part. Right. Um, Oh man, they don't really have a lot of size coming off the bench or anything. Man, I, I, I think, I mean, well, do the Sixers have size that Paul Reed is the only one really. Yeah, Paul Reed, and then you have um, yeah Paul Reed, but you also have uh, what's my man's name, um, Jalen McDaniel's, who's kind of long six, seven, and yeah. rank, uh, actually six nine, six nine, yeah six nine, uh, but he's real thin, two hundred pounds, something like that. But so you have him; he could play like he could guard four positions, right? Um, but you know the the thing that gets me is. They're 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 completely different benches. I mean, because you, you look at they, they got a bunch of George Niangs, but they're guards, right? And then they got a a Dan, then they got a Daniel House and like one guy, Royce O'Neal. Yeah, Royce O'Neal. Where, but but um, you know, I have to say that right now in in this series, and I know they can shoot. I know they got a bunch of shooters, but they're more like interchangeable parts to me. I think that as far as like what you need, I think the Sixers may have a better bench in this series. And and again, this is a tough one because they have a bunch of shooters, but what we have is coming off the bench is you got guys who can defend Steph Curry or Seth Curry and, and, and uh, Joe Harris. They can't defend. Um, nah, um, my, my man, uh, Patty Mills, he was getting took, you know, this last game. Right. Yeah. So, no, so right then and there, they can't defend. You also have um, you got a a dude who who get, who's a, who can get offensive rebounds left and right, and and um and B-ball Paul Paul Reed. So I think in this instance, they the Sixers may have a slight edge in the bench category. Now what they do have, Brooklyn does, they have interchangeable parts to where guys can go in there and, and fit in well. But what this is telling me is, I hate to say it, that Brooklyn's bench is going to probably be a small bench, like their rotation. I don't see them playing a lot of different players. No, I definitely see Royce O'Neal. I see De'Ron yeah. Sharp. I I see Joe Harris. And I guess I see Seth Curry, too, just for the shooting aspect of it. But they will attack him. They know him just as much as he knows them. So they will attack him. And uh, Wantanabe, maybe. But he he has some size, but he's more of a perimeter player where he he shoots instead of getting dirty on a little block there. So I I do. I also give the edge to the Sixers here where you at least have guys who are interchangeable, but they also have defined roles uh, of, of certain positions there. But. You look at defensively, Melton, McDaniels, and and Reed, where you have three guys who can defend out there where you're looking at George Niang knocking down his shots. But you know he will get physical, too, and and uh, get a little dirty there and try to get things going uh, for his team. So I give the edge to the Sixers there also. But, again, 
when those guys come in the game, you better locate them because they will knock shots down. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. That's yeah, that's definitely a hundred percent, you know. A hundred percent. They will knock shots down. All right, when we come back, man, we'll wrap things up here. Our final part here, our final uh final little segment here on locked on 76ers on this Thursday. We're getting closer, folks. We're getting closer. We'll come right back right here, locked on 76ers. Let's talk about FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. And there's no better place to get in on MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com, locked on, sign up today, place your first bet, and get up to the $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win, right? So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com backslash locked on to sign up today. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. You know, indeed, I I think like with this one, I really want to talk about um let's talk about J- Jalen McDaniels. Like oh, this is a guy. Him. Okay. Yeah, a, a guy who who kind of sort of you know, this is going to be his first playoff game. And and to yesterday they were asking him, "Hey, you played in the playing game. Is that comparable?" And you know, I've watched playing games since they had him. You know, it's not comparable to an actual playoff. They are intense, I mean, no, though, because they are intense. But here's the thing about the intensity with them. The ones that happened two nights ago were better. In the past, there was always, especially the teams he played for, the Charlotte Hornets, there was like they were in the playing game. The other team, primarily when they played Indiana, Indiana had that, that playoff mentality. Charlotte was like, this is the 83rd game of the season. You know, it just seemed to me that it was just like, it was like, what, what's going yeah, on? Right. Like, so, like, so to me, like, I got to see if he – I haven't seen him on a team that knew how to take that next step, that next level. So that's what I'm talking about. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, whoa, we just got hit with a couple uppercuts. We, we're days. Well, with, we're with, with some of the – he's played in big games, though, regular season-wise with the Sixers, where we're talking about the Milwaukee game, Boston – getting the extended time that he had there in the final two. And when he's gotten that extra time, Keith, he's shown that he can be a double-digit scorer. Of course, we've seen him in the 20s in those games. Does does any of those – do any of those performances, though, help you believe that? And we don't know because, as you said earlier about uh, – as, as, when I asked the question, is P.J. Tucker, are we going to see the real value here? This is what they bring him in. You said it's, it's hard to answer that question. While he's played in the play-in, he hasn't played in the playoffs. So how will we know, as you said earlier – that he's going to be effective in in these series, exactly, and that and that's the thing. Like you know, you look at him and you and you feel like he can be. I mean, just because of. But I'm gonna tell you this, D, and you know this, man. I rem- and I'm just and I'm sorry if I'm gonna be long winded, y'all. But I remember my first year on the beat, and I went to the summer league, mm. and that's when my man Khalif Wyatt, who played at Temple, um, 
basically was a you know a undrafted uh rookie free agent who tried out for the team he was baking dudes in the summer league like just killing them and i was like yo this is easy right not knowing that these dudes aren't nba players right oh this is going to be easy so then we go into the preseason now we go we go over to manchester england that preseason and they go and they play okc kevin durant was on the team they had KD playing, running a point guard, was just slicing dudes up, right? So I'm like, yo, they disrespecting them, got them playing a point guard. So that's it. So then we go into preseason. I mean, we go we go into the regular season. And you start seeing, like, a different level of basketball. Then the playoffs come. Once the playoffs came, I'm here to tell you, bro, it was crazy. Every play, and I said, and I remember once I said to Amir Jeff, I mean, Amir, um, Amil, um, I forget the, well, whoever the dude was, Amir Johnson for the six, Amir Johnson, yeah, I didn't want to put it, Amir Johnson. Jefferson I said, from Duke, yeah, I said, I said, uh, Amir, yo, this is different. He said, Man, I said, dude, you mean to tell me y'all don't really play like this in the regular season? He said, Well, in the regular season, it's like it's all about getting the league. At the uh, like, you jump out early, get a lead. You come back. You have a, you want to win the third. Come out and get a lead in the third quarter. You start putting people in. It's basically pickup game, and then you want to keep it close for the last five minutes. And then what happens is, voila, everybody goes at it again in a playoff game. Nah, bro, everybody is going at it. You understand what I'm saying? So, so. It's going to be different for people, man. It's going to be extremely different. And he, with his his uh, wingspan, his athleticism, his length on that defensive end, that's where he may be really valuable in a series like this one. We'll, we'll worry about the other series when we get there, if they get there. Uh, but for one like this where, as we talked about, the fact that they can switch everything uh, on offense and they're, they're so – similar to Brooklyn Nets that a player like Jalen McDaniels I don't know if it's for sometimes Tyrese Maxey I don't know if it's for PJ Tucker I don't know if it's for George Niang where McDaniels I'm very curious to see if he gets a lot of burn in this series and we see his true value because of again how he is very similar body type wise and and uh and what the Brooklyn Nets also have on their side of the ball when they have the when they're on offense, so you know the schedule came out so, right. Okay, what do we have? Okay, so here we go, people. So of course we all know that the Sixers are playing. Um, we know that the Sixers are playing uh, Brooklyn on Saturday. I guess I went out looking at one o'clock. Uh, okay, I'll go. I'll go Monday. Okay, correct. Monday game two, game three. I will jump to Thursday. Okay, man, you already looked. Oh, at I didn't. Okay, <laughs> Thursday. All right. Thursday, Saturday. My man, okay. you got it all right. Okay. So now the question is, what's the times? Thursday. Well, um, and does it also have network? Yeah, ESPN, TNT. Yeah, because right, I was very curious. They were going to get slighted and jump throw them on NBA TV. Um, no NBA TV. No, nah, I mean not for right now. Okay, so game two on. Game two on Monday would be seven, still 7 p.m. Is that right or wrong? 
Nah, they they switched it to seven thirty. And then and then then the game four is one p.m. One p.m. on Saturday in Brooklyn. Yeah. And uh, yeah. on Thursday, I uh, I'll say I'll still stick with seven. Or is it seven thirty? Uh, it's it's, it's seven thirty. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So five, six, and seven, if necessary. What's their dates? Um, like if necessary, it's Monday. Let Let's see. So game, you said six and seven. Five, six, and seven. Number five is is uh Monday, then Thursday and Saturday. Monday, Thursday. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ain't messing around, dog. Wow. Monday, Thursday. That's a long break. <laughs> yeah, they got them off Tuesday and Wednesday to both times. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, there, there it is. Finally, it took them long enough, but there, there we have it. Yeah. There we have yeah. It. So, what do you, you like the schedule though? Yeah. Um, I, I figured they would they would give them an extra day off instead of a Wednesday jump into Thursday. Yes. Yeah, I do. It's fine. Yeah, I was just surprised. Yeah, it's on the back end also for game between five and six. Yeah, I can't complain either. I can't complain either um, with that. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you you can't complain. I, I think that with the way they looking at it is like this is number three against number six, a, a number six team that's young. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So okay, that's that's how Saturday yeah. Monday. Thursday, Saturday for the games one through four. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, listen, man, getting closer. One more, and then we are there. We thank everybody for making Locked On 76 as your first listen every day. We'll talk to you tomorrow for our final game preview for Saturday, uh, 1 o'clock start time in South Philadelphia. Now make your second listen, Locked On NBA, Locked On Experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Keith, can you let the good folks know where they can find us? I only have an hour tonight. Flyers preempted. So I only have an hour. Seven to eight. Wow, my man. Yes, look at that. that, So look, like he said, you can find him from seven o'clock to eight o'clock. Y'all better better do that stuff early now. Y'all better... (laughs) Lock on final Flyers regular season game. So, you know, we, we're making sure we give it the right coverage there on, on 97.5 The Fanatic. So, yeah, make sure you go there, 97.5 The Fanatic. Listen to my man, D. And then, but also do yourself a favor if you haven't already done it. Um, Make sure you follow D on Twitter at G 975 right? Do it today, people. <laughs> And then also follow me on Twitter at Pompeii on Sixers. And then uh, read my articles in the Philadelphia Inquirer, um, inquire.com. Yes, sir. All right. Tomorrow, game preview. Can't wait. Can't wait. Keith, talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching. We'll get with you tomorrow. Sixers Nets on Saturday. Getting closer. Peace.